CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From the Jill Schwartz Memorial Library here in the wilds of Connecticut, this is Obscure Season 2 Frankenstein. I am your host, your friend, your ear lover. Your literary mansplainer-in-chief and literal Georgianologist, Michael Ian Black. The news these days is out of my purview. I no longer pay attention to any news because I am hungover from the last five or six years of news paying attention to. So anything that happens in the world for me right now, is but a blur. Yes, I know what's going on in the world, and yes, I'm keeping tabs on the headlines and such, but I am no longer consumed by the news. It has been a pleasure. There is one story I'm paying a tremendous amount of attention to. Maybe you are as well. It is apropos that we are reading Frankenstein, as it does uh, tangentially relate to this news. And so uh, because I'm devoting all of my uh, research time to it, I thought I'd mention it here, just in case it sparks your interest and imagination and delight the way it has mine. Frankenstein, of course, is the first acknowledged science fiction novel, and we are living in times of science fiction. I am referring to the UAP slash UFO phenomena, which has been consuming me of late. The story, the recent story of UFOs, begins in 2017 when the New York Times publishes a couple of articles about the Pentagon acknowledging that they have video recordings that they cannot explain of craft moving in ways that are inexplicable to them. And and they show the video on the website. You can see the videos. They're referred to as tic-tac-shaped, and you're probably familiar with them. The release of those videos comes on the heels of, it seems to be, 
a certain segment of the intelligence slash defense community saying, we've got this shit and we need to get it out there because it's important and the government and the military is burying it. So we are going to go sort of, uh, we're going to do a kind of end runaround. And one of the people who's instrumental in that, maybe the main person who's instrumental in that is Senate Majority Leader, former, well, at the time that this program started, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid of Nevada, who had an interest in this, sort of snuck in $22 million into a Pentagon budget a few years before to create something called ATIP, which was a, which was a secret program to study this phenomena. Guy named Luis Elizondo headed that up around 2016, 17. Luis Elizondo leaves the military, leaves this program, joins this organization called the To the Stars Academy, along with a bunch of other ex-military, ex-defense, ex-intelligence people, and is fronted by, oddly enough, Blink-182 singer Tom DeLong. It's that organization that gets these videos leaked to the New York Times. That New York Times article starts this recent wave of UFO slash UAP, unexplained aerial phenomena, interest, which has culminated, oddly, in a appropriation or a, 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 an amendment, or I don't know what you call it. Basically, Marco Rubio of Florida stuck a thing in the COVID relief bill that Trump signed that says the Pentagon will release all the information they have on UFOs within 180 days, okay? So we're coming up on those 180 days. I believe it's June 21st, 2021, when that report is due to the Senate. It's a crazy story. It's crazy for a number of reasons. Uh, and you can take, I, Jesus, I, I mean, I, I'm getting further into this than I thought I would, but I'm excited about it. I mean, am I going to read Frankenstein? Yeah, probably. Oh, but first I have to stretch. All right. So it's crazy for a number of reasons because any explanation for this is crazy. Okay, you can take the most prosaic explanation that we can find for this, and it's nuts. Well, maybe not the most prosaic. So the most prosaic explanation is that somehow the Navy and everybody in the Pentagon and these aviators and radar operators and higher ups, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, mistook what they saw on their instrumentation and with their eyes as something other than as something explicable rather than inexplicable. So for example, you know, the 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 famous Roswell incident in 1947, they said, well, that's just weather balloon. That was just a weather balloon, which it almost assuredly wasn't, okay? Setting that aside. So the most prosaic explanation is that the entire military apparatus of the United States, the most powerful military in the world, is incompetent. That nobody who looked at on radar and electro-optical, thermal sensing, whatever they have, looked at these objects 
And it's not one incident, it's multiple incidents. And these are just the two incidents that have been released on video. There's many more apparently, and they can't figure out what it is. And they're just idiots. When it was just a flock of seagulls, potentially the banned flock of seagulls, or was just something wrong with the cameras and their eyes simultaneously and the photographs that they took simultaneously. Like it was just all, it was just all a mistake, right? That's the most prosaic example. And that's really bad. If that's what's happening, that's really bad. That we don't know, as the biggest military in the world, what, let's say, a, a faulty radar signature looks like or something like that, okay? That's the most prosaic explanation for this. The next, let's say, most prosaic explanation, which you hear a lot, is, oh, these are just drones, right? These are just Russian, well, let's not even go there yet. Let's say these are, um, this is American technology, American drones that are being developed in secret. These are secret projects. And one hand of the military doesn't know what the other hand is doing. And then this got released. But here's the problem with that. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfectly possible that that is the explanation. These are secret military craft that one part of the, of the military doesn't know about, or most of the military doesn't know about. The problem with that explanation is that, one, it again points to the military's incompetence, that they would some, that the Pentagon would somehow release this information, right? And say, yeah, this is us. I mean, uh, the, the, these videos are real. These videos of these UAP are real. We can't explain it. But then somewhere over there in the corner, there's an entire, I don't even know what it would take, branch, wing, battalion of the military creating these craft. And then the military doesn't know about it? Like nobody at the Pentagon knows about it? What the fuck is that? The other problem with that explanation, and this is the sort of larger problem in general with this phenomena, is that these aircraft or I mean, they're not necessarily even aircraft. Let's call them craft. These craft apparently exhibit properties, aero properties, properties of flying and maneuvering that shouldn't be possible given the technology that we have. We, meaning the United States or anybody else on earth. Nobody has this kind of technology that we know of. So either... The United States has developed some kind of new propulsion system that does things that did not appear to be physically possible beforehand, or some other nation state has developed, or some private actor, I guess, has developed this kind of propulsion system that seems to uh, represent an incredible advance in physics and aerodynamics and propulsion. I've heard a lot of theories about what kind of propulsion it would be, and none of them seem, shall we say, possible according to what I know. And admittedly, I know almost nothing. But experts that I've read are saying we don't know how this could be. So that's another prosaic explanation, that there's just this secret technology that we've been developing, and now we have it, and now we're seeing it. But if that's true, and we have this technology, and the, and, the, and the technology that we're talking about seems to require no exhaust, for example, we don't know what kind of fuel it runs on, 
we don't we don't understand how it's able to do the kind of maneuvering that it apparently does and and that you see not just in these videos but in other artifacts but if we really do have that then that would represent a tremendous technological leap forward for us and for the world and could go a long way towards changing the way the entire economy is structured because you think about and 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 climate change for example because you think about well well wouldn't that be great if we had some sort of propulsion system that emitted nothing right it seemed to have no emissions well that could be very helpful right now you know if somebody in our government or in our private citizenry has created craft that do not require uh, let's say, uh, oil or gasoline or any sort of carbon-based fuel, like that would be very helpful for us to have right now. And it would be crazy because this is a crazy story if they were keeping it secret and can apparently fly much faster than any craft that we currently have, like, like magnitudes of order faster than any craft that we have. I think the fastest aircraft we've ever produced can do like Mach you know, that, that people can be in, uh, can do like Mach 5 or something. I think the space shuttle does like Mach 17 when it first takes off or, you know, and these things are doing, are faster and, and seem to be able to sustain those speeds, stop on a dime, and then immediately go back into those speeds. So if it's not us, then is it one of our adversaries? Uh, and, and the two countries that are always given as examples are Russia and, Russia and China because they, you know, they seem to be the, mo- the the you know second and third most advanced militaries in the world and if it's them then that's startling and frightening because it means they have a technology that we do not possess that they can just in- get into our airspace at will kind of flip us the bird and be like hey see you later guys and then just zip off okay so that would be alarming if that were the case Another prosaic explanation is that this is just some kind of psychological disinformation campaign (laughs) that our government is waging on its own citizens for reasons that do not seem clear at all. One possible hypothesis as to why they would be doing this is to get more funding for black ops for the military. But if you recall, the budget that Trump signed for the military was the largest ever. It was like $900 billion. I mean, it was was some absurd amount, $700 billion. I don't know what it was. It was the largest military budget that had ever been signed. It seems a little fanciful that the Pentagon would be like, hey, we also need a little more money to study UFOs. Like, I'm not sure that that's really, that that really makes sense. You could say, I mean, you could say we need more money to, uh, I don't even know. Uh, upgrade our nuclear capabilities and the Space Force needs to upgrade our satellite capabilities. And, you know, senators would just be like, okay, yeah, sure, they'll write a check. It doesn't make sense to me that UFOs would ever enter that equation. It just doesn't make sense. So if it's not to get money, then why would the government be unleashing this massive psychological disinformation campaign on the citizenry of not only our country, but in fact, the world. Like, what do they, what What would you possibly gain by that? Like, I don't have a good explanation for what that would buy them. Because the other, the other important aspect of this story that has to be considered is the fact that for decades now, literally since 1947, I guess, um, when Roswell happened, 
the government has been issuing uh, a series of competing narratives about UFOs. And that culminated at the end of uh, this thing called Project Blue Book in like 19, what was it, 66? Or maybe it was even later, I don't remember, where they basically said, yeah, UFOs aren't real. Okay, so there were 20 years where they were like, yeah, I mean, and the government at times was saying, yeah, there's flying saucers and we don't know what they are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like they were saying what they're saying now. And then they would say, oh yeah, by the way, it's not real. Why would they now go back on their word and say, yeah, it was real this whole time. That there were craft in the air doing things that we couldn't explain, which by the way, seem to resemble uh, in their capabilities, what we're observing now, and we have evidence of now, and what we said then was all a lie. Like that's tough for the Pentagon to do, obviously. It's tough for any government to do to say, yeah, we were, we were lying about that whole thing. But that seems to be kind of the line they're stepping up to because they're saying now these things are in our airspace and we don't know what they are which by the way, is what they were saying in the 40s and 50s and into the 60s. And then they said, oh yeah, it's none of it's real. What, am I now 17 minutes into this? Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. Like I really thought I was gonna be reading Frankenstein today. All right, I'll tell you what, let's take a break. And when I come back, I'll probably keep talking about this back in a moment. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, now we're back. And we're talking about UFOs for no reason. Really no reason other than it's all I've been thinking about lately. Like I get into moods where I'm really, I'm kind of monomaniacally focused on one thing. It just so happens that the last couple of weeks it's been UFOs. So I've talked about how the government is saying, officially saying, there's these things flying, we don't know what they are, we have, and uh, we need more information, okay? There's a report due to the Senate, June 21st, 2021, which is supposed to uh, detail what we know, there's probably gonna be an unclassified report, then there'll be a classified report, okay? I've been going through the explanations for what it could possibly be from most prosaic onwards um, to least prosaic. And I've been talking about how it could be a big psychological disinformation campaign. 
that the United States government is waging against its own people for some unknown reason. There was also a story that came out, which maybe you saw and maybe you did not, because it didn't seem to gain any attention whatsoever from anybody because the story was so nuts. Wait, I'm going to crank up my research machine just to get this a little bit more exact so I don't totally screw it up. Uh, so the headline is from NBC News from December 8th, 2020. And the headline reads, Formal former Israeli's space security chief says extraterrestrials exist and Trump knows about it. And then the subheadline is, a, quote, galactic federation, unquote, has been waiting for humans to, quote, reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are, Chaim Ashed said. Okay, so you could be like, all right, well, that's just some crank saying cranky things. Chaim Ashed is the former head of Israel's Defense Ministry's Space Directorate. Uh, and he says that cooperation, I'm quoting now, cooperation agreements had been signed between species, including a, quote, underground base in the depths of Mars, where there are, are currently, American astronauts and alien representatives. Quote, there is an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here, unquote. What the fuck? Now, look. Do I take that with a grain of salt? Yeah, I would say I take that with a boulder of salt. But the point is, this phenomenon, this acknowledgement, isn't unique to the United States, okay? Every country in the world has had these experiences, and every one of them has dealt with them in different ways. There are, and you can, you can research this, um, some notable cases have happened in England, in Belgium, in Zimbabwe, in China, in Russia, Brazil, lots and lots and lots of these cases over the years. Okay, so it's not like the phenomena is worldwide, has been for decades, has been studied by different governments in different capacities over the decades. And the United States actually has been a little bit of a laggard in terms of ever saying publicly that we don't know what this shit is. Other countries have done it, but United States is kind of the leader of the world. I mean, we, everybody looks to us. So I'm actually not clear how the rest of the world is viewing the Pentagon's admission that they don't know what's flying in our airspace right now, but I think it's fascinating. So I feel like I've gone through all the most prosaic explanations. And so the most prosaic is incompetence. The less prosaic is that there is some sort of secret technology that the United States, less prosaic than that is that some other nation has developed secret technology that we can't compete with. Uh, less prosaic than that is that this is all a massive psychological disinformation campaign and then you get into the weird explanations. And the weird explanations are, of course, the explanation, <laughs> the explanations that everybody wants to be true, but they are also, of course, the least likely explanations. And those are that what appear to be objects that didn't originate on Earth, 
did not, in fact, originate on Earth. And if that's true, what the fuck? If that's true, kind of all bets are off, right? And there's that old maxim, extraordinary claims demand extraordinary evidence. And I think at the very least, we have extraordinary evidence that has yet to find a satisfactory claim. Because I'm not sure that there is, I'm not sure that saying, well, these are beings from another planet that have been routinely visited, visiting us for decades, if not centuries, is a satisfactory claim that demands this kind of extraordinary evidence. Like the claim itself is so extraordinary that even extraordinary evidence seems to fall a little bit short. And yet, and yet, ellipsis, 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 what if that's the case? So that's where my energy has been going for the past couple of weeks. And there's much, much more that anybody who's interested in this can delve into, much, much more, because I'm only giving you the kind of tip of the iceberg in terms of evidence. The evidence that I presented to you right now is just two videotapes that the Pentagon has acknowledged they cannot explain. Okay, two out of thousands of claims, two uh, sightings that most of which, by the way, can be explained. That's the thing. Um, these kind of aerial phenomena, people get all up in arms about it. And I'm sure you know this. You know, they say, oh, it's a UFO. It's just the moon. It's a UFO. You know, it's a plane. It's the UFO. It's the glint off of whatever silo, like whatever. For decades, people have been looking at this stuff. And there is a small percentage that even after analysis and expert opinion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, cannot be explained by conventional explanation. I'm very reluctant to go with the explanation that I want it to be. I'm very reluctant to go, well, then it's aliens. Because that it just opens such a big can of worms for us as a species. Maybe it's inevitable that that can of worms had to be opened because I think most reasonable people feel like at this point, given the evidence that we have about the universe, or at the very least our own galaxy, that the numbers, just the sheer numbers, favor life elsewhere. There has to be life elsewhere. It just doesn't make sense otherwise. Either there's life elsewhere or we're unique on this planet and then that would be even more extraordinary. Then we're like gods because we're, you know, we're top dog here on earth. So we're basically like gods. Now, I don't know how godlike you guys feel. I don't feel particularly godlike myself, or I also don't feel particularly godlike in terms of how I view my own species. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've got Josh Groban and he is wonderful. But the rest of us mere mortals, you know, I can't say I think we're particularly godlike. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm dubious about what this report is going to say. Here's two, two explanations that I, here's two likely outcomes. Okay. The first likely outcome is, is sort of the Roswell slash project blue book outcome, which is that, uh, this report comes out and the government basically says, yeah, there's these things that we can't quite explain, 
but we have ruled out the possibility of any extraterrestrial evidence. There's no evidence to support extraterrestrials. You know, most likely it's a combination of radar glitches and birds and lints off silos and witness mismemory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And let's just say, for example, that that's true, okay? The problem is that, that it's not gonna go away, that there's too many people who have been too public about this, too, too, like people who are uh, credible and who have devoted a lot of time and energy to getting this stuff out, who don't seem to have any reason to do it. Harry Reid, for example, is one of those people. Why would he be doing this? It doesn't seem like there would be a financial motive. Um, you could argue that somebody like Luis Elizondo, uh, maybe, okay. He was the guy that was in charge of ATIP, which was the secret program that Harry Reid funded. Maybe it's financial for him. Christopher Wren, former Secretary of Defense, Deputy Secretary of Defense. He's sort of the most um, senior administration official other than Harry Reid, who's been sort of pushing this stuff out there and has been briefing senators on this stuff. Like, you know, and, and as a guy with like real gravitas, he's one of those guys, Washington Insider kind of guys who was privy to all the black box projects that the, CIA, that the Pentagon had. He's really been a force for getting this stuff out there. What's his motivation? Doesn't seem to be financial. Doesn't seem to be fame. So why is he doing that? But, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who are sort of putting their reputations on the line for not obvious reasons. Marco Rubio, who I, you know, dislike very much, but he seems to have some sort of interest in this that extends beyond the pedestrian. And they're all framing it in terms of national security. And that makes a lot of sense. If you frame it as a question of national security, you go, yeah, well, uh, there are these tic-tac-shaped objects who seem to be doing what they want at will in our airspace. We should probably know what that is as a matter of national security. Very hard to argue with that, okay? So the Pentagon's gonna come out and say, uh, yeah, we, we, we're not sure what it is, or, uh, you know, it's some technology that we're working on and, you know, one hand didn't know what the other hand was doing. And then there's going to be an outcry for, well, we should get that technology because it's going to be very helpful. Or they're going to say, we don't know what it is and we're just going to let it rest. That's not going to fly anymore. The other explanation that is much more intriguing and maybe even more likely is they're going to say, we don't know what this is. And we need to devote some time, energy, and resources to finding out what it is. So that could be the first step towards a kind of leading the public, the global public, towards an acknowledgement that they actually do know what this stuff is and that its origin isn't here. You know, you, you can see that they might be doing this in steps as a way to kind of prepare the world for an inevitability, which is that not only are we not alone, but there's folks out there who have technology that far surpasses ours, which wouldn't be good. <laughs> I mean, they haven't done anything bad yet, um, but it's not to say they won't. Um, there's other, here's, here's the other, here's another scary thing that is well-documented 
not only in this country, but in Soviet Union when it existed. There have been sightings, and again, these are well-documented, of craft going to nuclear facilities, uh, where, where, uh, missile silos, where we have our missile silos. And when those craft are there, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna not connect dots, but when those craft are there, missiles fail, meaning they go into not ready to launch status. They go offline, okay? This isn't just shit I'm making up. And, and this, is, this is attested to by the missileers, is that what they're called? Who were there, commanding officers, the people who were manning the silos, et cetera, okay? That happened in this country. In Russia, there was an incident where the opposite happened, where a craft showed up and uh, missiles went into launch sequence and they had, it, there had to be a manual override to shut them down. So I'm not quite connecting those dots because I don't know that you can, but I'm saying those things happened when those crafts showed up or you know they were said to have shown up and have subsequently been and were subsequently attested to that, that that happened. So when I say they haven't done anything, you go, all right, well, maybe they could. <laughs> that would be bad. You know, if they wanted, apparently they could launch a nuclear war. Um, and that, again, given my limited scientific background, I will just say that would be bad. So I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I have no idea. Apparently nobody has any idea, or maybe some people have, have some idea, but nobody's saying yet what the actual explanation is. But none of the explanations are anything less than nutso, which is why it's been so uh, intriguing to me. Because even the most prosaic explanation isn't good. Again, that this is pure military incompetence, that they don't recognize what's a threat and what's not in our airspace that they can't identify what's there and that they've had this problem for decades. So I don't know. I really did not plan on just unloading UFO talk on you. Um, I really was planning on reading Frankenstein, but you know, things happen. First sci-fi novel is tied to a very specific sci-fi moment in our time. And uh, it's intriguing to me. So we'll get back to the story next time. Um, you know, Victor Frankenstein and his doings. He's with Clerville. They're in Scotland. You know, they're making a she-buddy. It's all very exciting there. It's all very exciting here. And yeah, I'll end. You know, why not? I'll end now. Uh, this was an unexpected episode of Obscure. Tune in next time. We'll, we'll do another, what, prosaic episode of obscure. But until then, I wish you adieu. Obscure Season 2 Frankenstein is produced by Robin Lynn, Jennifer Brennan, Mary Shimkin, and myself. It is generally recorded in the wilds of Connecticut with original music by Craig Wedrin. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support it, please go to patreon.com slash Michael Ian Black. There you will find every single episode of Obscure Season 2 Frankenstein. These episodes are released weeks before they are released to the general public in 
addition, you can also find writings, musings, erotica, and bonus episodes. Bonus episodes which sometimes involve Frankenstein and sometimes involve things entirely different, often with guest stars. It's patreon.com slash Michael Ian Black. Very reasonably priced, too, I might add. <laughs>